Welcome to Brothers of Discussion. This is episode nine. This is Big Kev. Fanboy Dave, episode nine. Wow, we're we're moving up, moving up. Nine episodes already into this thing. Man, nine weeks into it, Fanboy Dave, and we are rolling. And this week is going to be no different. There's definitely a lot of uh, discussion this past week on Raw, SmackDown. We had the DX on the A&E Network. Fanboy Dave, we had an exciting Monday Night Raw this past week. I think we're getting back to the good old days getting live and fresh and yes bringing maybe a little bit maybe not too much of the attitude there but getting people excited of what's coming on for monday night raw episodes yeah something just fresh it just feels fresh man i guess everyone's just trying to get triple h's attention because at this point if you can't play and put in work with the team you're gonna be cut we had some nxt stars cut this past week you know, if hey, if you can't produce, if you can't contribute right now, you're going to get cut. We've got new talent moving in. You know, hope you the best, but hopefully down the road you can come work for us again. But yeah, as far as Monday Night Raw, this has just been back to back to back weeks that it's exciting and entertaining. And let's just hope this trend continues, fanboy Dave. We start out things with Rhea Ripley, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest. The Judgment Day comes out, and they are basically reminiscing on the past week's accomplishments of taking out the Mysterios. But not so fast, because here comes Ray, and he's getting a little redemption on the Judgment Day. I think this is a situation where this feud just... You know, this is just keeping the feud alive a little bit, but this only has so much left in the tank. Um, it's either, hey, Dominic needs to either turn on his dad and turn Hill... Or they just need to move on from this uh, storyline. Rhea Ripley ends up giving Rey Mysterio a DDT on the chair. Uh, this the segment ends with uh, the uh, medical staff checking on Rey. Uh, where are we with this storyline? Where are we going from here? It looks like I mean, when you watch that, I mean, it was a brutal attack or almost a squash assault on Rey Mysterio. It looks like they're ready to almost turn the page on the Mysterio versus Judgment Day, and now pretty much focus on Edge trying to get uh, retribution on the Judgment Day. And I think it's going to start um, on Monday Night Raw in Toronto, Edge's hometown, to finally get Edge versus the Judgment Day. And the questions will be, who's going to come help Edge? Because at the end of the day, it's three against one. You might uh, have a day where you get uh, the upper hand, but three versus one, uh, usually gets you every every day if you don't have any backup. Well, we had talked before Rhea Ripley makes the Judgment Day go because you said previously it felt kind of stale to you without Rhea whenever she had injured herself and was out for a while and that with Rhea back, you it seems like you and the rest of the WWE Universe or wrestling fans, because we can say that now, are invested back into the Judgment Day storyline. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, she definitely adds that seasoning to the uh, Judgment Day. And uh, we'll see how this pans out when we see Damian Priest and Edge go head-to-head -head, um, in Toronto, uh, in Edge's hometown where he grew up in. Uh, the first opening contest, we get the women's tag team match going on. And we have Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop uh, taking on Asuka and Alexa Bliss. This match was uh, a, a decent match to start off the show. And, of course, we get the victory with Asuka and Alexa Bliss. And we talked about this was probably going to be the outcome, just given the uh, situation of who would face uh, Dakota Sky and uh, her tag team partner, which is your favorite, Sky. We'll see Kai and Sky teaming up against Alexa Bliss and Asuka in the next round. Uh, that's, we're basically at the semifinals at this point. 
course, I'm thinking we're going to get Kai and Sky getting the victory <clears throat> potentially over Asuka and Alexa Bliss. Uh, but it's at least something's going on, and Alexa Bliss and Asuka is in the game still, and they're not in a uh, title pitcher, a main event pitcher, but at least they're keeping them busy on Raw here this week. Yeah, but we, uh, me and you, uh, had talked about um, that when we saw the the bracket that pretty much that um, Alexa Bliss and Asuka would move out to the next round. They weren't going to be eliminated in the that, that match. So good call. Hey, it was kind of nice to see uh, Bianca Belair with Asuka and Bliss um, since they've kind of formed this alliance uh, when they've been battling Bailey's group. Uh, so I just want to add, uh, you know, Bianca Belair is uh, definitely keeping her eye over there on Bailey. We have a couple things going on at Raw, and this week we have the Miz and Ciampa. We got another tag team match coming out. Uh, these two are facing Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander. We hadn't seen Cedric Alexander in a, in a minute, it feels like. But it's good to see those guys also on TV once again. We talked about last week, or you did specifically, just about Mustafa Ali getting an opportunity a couple weeks back with the uh, triple threat match, this time as a tag team partner to Cedric Alexander. Triple H is, um, I guess, looking at every uh, roster spot that he has. And I truly believe that he's like, okay, here's your shot. Show me what you got. And then at the end of the day, if you don't perform to what his expectation is, um, then you just got to really blame it on yourself if your TV time decreases. So I think it's a good mood to basically say, yeah, we're giving everybody a shot and go get the ball, run with it. Yeah, because you only have so many minutes and, and so many hours during the week of TV time. Yes, you have SmackDown, you have Raw, you have the NXT. you got minutes uh, per se, but you have a huge talent pool and so this is a great way to get uh, talent on air time uh, going in a tag team match and a tag team division that lacks, in my opinion. This is a good way to maybe hopefully see if there's some chemistry and you can build a tag team. If not, hey, go back to the singles. Going off of that, man, do we have a huge singles match coming out. We have McIntyre. Who's on SmackDown. Who's on SmackDown and showing on Monday Night Raw, which is which is big. And it's kind of nice to see that. Uh, because I like these surprises because you're thinking you won't see a McIntyre. You won't see a, you know, certain superstars on one show uh, because they are prominently on Friday or they're on a, a Monday. So it is refreshing to see that you're getting talent as a, especially when you go to the event, you're buying a ticket and then, oh man, McIntyre's here. And this was a, uh, this was a great match. It ended up in a DQ. McIntyre gets the victory. These are two good, high-quality main eventers. It's, it's a fun way to go into uh, Class of the Castle, going up against Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief. And uh, this gives Drew McIntyre a quality opponent. But at the same time, you know, you keep KO safe by making a DQ and not beating him cleanly, especially with this new turn of the original KO. Yeah, I was so impressed with the promo. McIntyre coming out and then uh, Kevin Owens coming out, basically being like, you know, hey, I'm going back to what brought me here to the dance, just beating people up. And basically Kevin Owens just calling out Drew McIntyre said like he didn't know who he was. And Drew McIntyre said, I know exactly where I'm in. When he's like, hey, we're wrestlers, let's wrestle. And the pop, you know, for both of them just going at it on, on their promos, to get that crowd uh, excited was just like, yeah, let's go. And um, 
even though it did end up in a DQ, I mean, Kevin Owens is just going back to his old ways and, you know, because uh, the Usos came out to distract. And then uh, Kevin Owens, you know, basically um, hurts um, McIntyre and he says, hey, the tribal chief owes me one. And I was just like, <laughs> freaking Kevin. Well, this was definitely uh, an instance where I thought disqualification once again was needed because you don't want one of these guys to lose cleanly right now because you're you're putting McIntyre in a championship match against the Tribal Chief in two weeks. And then you've got this new refreshed KO. You don't want him to lose momentum because it feels like all those weeks and all this time that we've been you know, waiting for him to turn into this old KO – you get the win. But yeah, the Usos come out. That's what the disqualification was. Uh, it was the Usos coming out and attacking Drew. Drew McIntyre gets the victory. I know he probably would want a, an actual one, two, three pin. He gets the win. And so we're moving on. Two people that are not going to be in the main event at the WWE Clash at the Castle is going to be Veer and Bo Keller. This is just, hey, let's throw these guys on. Veer gets the victory. Uh, the squash matches are almost never fun, but at least this one would allow the jobber to hit the move or two, but he got demolished, didn't he? By the lion. By the lion. But, yeah, it was good to see Veer. I mean, we didn't see him in a while. Um, so, of course, I still don't think they know what to do with him. I mean, he um, is – I don't think he's really that much green, but he still has – some things to work on because it's almost like the whole thing with uh, with Omos, you know, star squash, 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 and then you maybe put him with somebody to let him get um, learn the WWE style a little bit better. But I just don't know what they're gonna do uh, with Veer Mahan, so we'll see. We got Bobby Lashley versus AJ Styles, and this Big Kev, is Big Kev, you need to slow down, man. The Almighty. No, you, you, you. Uh, you skipped one of the most important parts of Monday Night Raw. Which one's that? What's that? It's when the revolutionary, the visionary came out. Oh my gosh. That freaking Rollins. I mean, I know you always like Middle. to get to like to get to the main event or, or quick, but I need you to pump the brakes, sir. Calm down. Let, let, let's talk about this. First, let's talk about uh Seth Rollins's Taylor. That man comes out dressing. Did you see his pants? It looked like his pants were uh, space pants. I mean, they were so awesome. <laughs> and what I like about that is we get Mr. Riddle himself, uh, supposedly somewhere uh, via satellite, you know, saying, hey, Seth, you know, I got some good news for you. And I'm clear. And he's like, well, too bad you're not here. But lo and behold, Riddle's Those in shows. the building. And, and he runs to the he runs to the ring and they go at it. And did you just hear that pop when he was there? I mean, like this storyline is good storyline. and It's it's money storyline. And do they fight at uh, Clash of the Castle? I think that's going to be one heck of an entertaining match. And I think that's what they need on their card, especially they got to boost it up going back to ticket sales and merch and all that overseas. That would definitely bring more people out to the arena to see that match is Riddle and Seth Rollins. So entertaining, both of them. Now, Big Kev, you can get to the first time ever meeting between the phenomenal AJ Styles and the almighty Bobby Lashley. The floor Wait, is yours, sir. It is the almighty Bobby Lashley versus AJ Styles. And man, Lashley is still white hot. Uh, this match was uh, back and forth. It was a great match, I thought. And uh, You could hear it in the fans. 
Let's go, Bobby. AJ Styles. Oh, Let's go, they're Bobby. They're into this one, man. They are into this. Last week was great, and then this week is another great match with AJ Styles. I didn't know who was going to win. I really didn't either. And they, I think they did the right thing in keeping Bobby Lashley hot as he gets the victory over the phenomenal one with the spear uh, for the win. Yes, but you did not mention who came out. Dexter Lewis. Dexter, well, Miss came out too. Him and Chaka right. came out on the outside. And, uh, you know, they always want to get their hands and, and fingers involved of everything it seems like nowadays. With uh, AJ Styles. With AJ Styles. But yeah, Dexter Loomis get shows again, jumping the, the rail, getting attacked by the security. That's obviously they're trying to develop that one. And they're doing it very slowly, bringing him slowly. Um, kind of like a stalker uh, of AJ Styles, if you will. But they get back in the ring, but Lashley ends up putting him out of his misery. One, two, three, looking at the lights. Clean win. This Miz and Ciampa's not going away. And this Dexter uh, character's coming out. And he's wanting, it looks like he wants a little piece of AJ Styles. So hopefully we might see that coming up in the next week or two. Right. Uh, but did you see how the, they, they were roughing uh, Dexter Loomis up when they were pulling him out. I was like, man, but I just had an epiphany while you were talking, Big Kev. What if Dexter Loomis is not there to attack AJ Styles? Because if you have the Miz and Ciampa going Styles, what if he's there to protect AJ Styles or have his back? Hey, that could be because you're right. Uh, he didn't show. He hasn't really shown any aggression to AJ Styles. He's just been showing up when AJ Styles has been performing. If he wanted to, he could have attacked AJ Styles easily on the outside of the ring this past week, but they, he didn't. And you're right. The uh, security does that hurt? Does that hurt Dexter of of, of not attacking or uh, the security kind of overpowering him too easily, if you will? I just think it's interesting because they're trying to make it seem like um, what Corey Graves was like, um, uh, and they're talking. They're like, "Don't even, don't even say his name. Don't, don't even give him any acknowledgement." And I was just like, "Okay." So they're trying to make this like almost like a shoot that like he's just coming into these arenas. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish Dexter would struggle a little bit more, but it, it, it's uh, interesting to see that like I mean, he's just getting taken down, but they're bum rushing him for sure. So. He's getting a little stiff shot, but I, I hope that it doesn't run too long, that maybe we find out tomorrow or maybe by the next Monday Night Raw what they're doing with the whole Dexter Loomis thing. Next, we have Dana Brooke versus Dakota Kai, and this was a short-lived, uneventful match, I thought. But, of course, they're going to give the win to Kai over Dana Brooke. Again, they're trying to get this trio with Kai, Sky, and uh, Bailey, they're trying to get them some momentum going into the clash at the castle in that three-on-three -three tag team match once we get to the uh, premium live event. But this match was very quick. I'm kind of surprised she did not win the 24-7 title. I don't know what was up with that. She got the win, but she didn't get the title. I don't know. But well, speaking, gets about that, speaking about that, we can talk about one of our listeners, Miss Mimo, asking the same question, like, why was the tile on the line? Normally, if it's just a regular one-on-one uh, -on -one match, they suspend the 24-7 title rules, and that's probably what happened because, you know, Dana Brooke is still your 24-7 um, champion, even though uh, Dakota Kai beat her. So that's what I'm going to go with. That's what I had to tell Nemo. Um, so let's just go with that. that. That's why 
she's not the champion. And did you hear about the other nugget? What they may name the faction. What's that? Damage control. Damage control. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you read or not, but they did put a trademark in for that name. So that could be the name of your girl Bailey's new stable. What do you think about that? Interesting. Gamut control. Well, they definitely need a they definitely need a name. Obviously, identify them as a faction, but who you're right. Who are they? We got to have a name. So damage control. I kind of like it. Uh, what I really enjoyed and what I really liked, Fanboy Dave, which is funny, is you sat here last week thinking, what do they do with theory? And my goodness. Where has theory been? Where where's he been since since uh SummerSlam? And all of a sudden, boom, in the main event against Dolph Ziggler. And this one was absolutely slobber This was probably the match of the night. The Lashley AJ Styles was really good, but man, this one really uh, was was great. This has been kind of building up a little bit, kind of lost some steam because you're right. We hadn't seen him. And then all of a sudden, boom, here's the match. And I thought this was uh, a very entertaining match. And there he gets the dub over Z- Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph Ziggler I know I've been kind of critical of him, not so much as a champion. I do see him as a great worker and has some good quality matches. I just don't see him as a champion. I know they are pushing theory and it looks like they're still wanting to rekindle that with this match in the main event over Dolph Ziggler. So maybe we start seeing another run with theory now uh, since we haven't seen him in several weeks. Maybe somebody from WWE is listening to our podcast and was like, we need to bring back theory. I mean, that's why I'm going with Maybe it's not true, but hey, one could hope. Uh, yeah, really good match. I loved how Corey Grave was was on commentary and basically being like Dolph Ziggler was looking in the mirror. Because if you remember when Dolph Ziggler um, debuted way back in the day, he had the gimmick, hi, I'm Dolph Ziggler. Hi, I'm Dolph Ziggler. I'm brash. I'm young. I'm good looking. The best worker, blah, blah. And it was just like, now theory is that and Dolph Ziggler is the veteran, how he used to talk to veterans when he first debuted way back in the day. So I thought that was pretty interesting being like, Dolph Ziggler, um, theory is you uh, when you came up in the business. So I just thought that was very interesting. And yes, getting the rub, Ziggler putting theory over, um, always the right call. You know, veterans, you know, putting the young talent over that could potentially be a money drawer. Um, so I, I was very pleased with the match. Yeah, no doubt. This kind of makes you kind of conclude of where has somebody been? What about Bobby Roode? We hadn't seen him in a while. Hey, we'll be back on Brothers of Discussion to uh, move on into SmackDown. Welcome back to Brothers of Discussion. And Fanboy Dave and Big Kev is here in the house. And we're going to move on to Friday Night SmackDown. And coming off, beginning taping, is the one, the only, HBK. And he I gives us another. I know I'm sexy. I'm just a sexy Kurt. Se- oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sexy boy. Sexy I'm, boy. The wrong one. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, HBK is, uh, he doesn't come out in the audience, but there's a video package uh, put presented um, basically saying that Toxic Attraction is now in the women's tag team tournament. Um, they're going to be replacing Stark and Lions from the NXT. And we talked about this several weeks ago about them needing to have the NXT talent in this. And sure enough, we're, that's what we're seeing. But before we get there, we get Ronda Rousey coming up. Someone's trying to hijack the show, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey is just upset. She paid her fine. She wants to get reinstated. She wants answers. She wants to be back on TV. 
and back in the ring competing. And Adam Pierce took a while to get out there, but he finally does come out. She's like, hey, I need you to reinstate me now. Like, this is not an option. Like, I haven't been fully reinstated. I paid the fine. I thought this was kind of a little lackluster. It didn't, it didn't feel real. didn't feel genuine to me. I feel like Rhonda should be going to some acting classes uh, to get in tune with her character. Anyways, so we got the security coming out with Adam Pierce. She attacks the security, of course. She knocks one out of the ring. She puts the arm bar on one of them. And uh, she ends up getting the uh, police or Adam Pierce gets the police out and ends up getting cuffed and arrested on Friday night Smackdown. And that's how the show kicked off on Friday. I guess they were not to say that they were trying to reenact the whole Stone Cold thing, but never Stone Cold got arrested. Like they put him on the ground and they arrest him. Ronda Rousey's just like, here my here my arms, put the cuffs <laughs> on me. Let's go. And I'm just like, I guess, but I mean, I think if, not not to say that they want to portray putting your hands on a police officer, but trying to take her down probably would have been better for TV. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think um, I was hoping to get a little bit, having her a little bit get more rough with the cops, but yeah, you're right. She just basically get, gave in and say, hey, here, go ahead and arrest me. Uh, meanwhile, while we're looking on, Bailey, Kai, and Sky appear to be uh, just right behind the commentary team. They're heckling, heckling them getting an up-close view of the women's tag team match where Toxic Attraction defeats Natalia and Sonia Deville. Wow, this is bold. And obviously that these two girls are on top of their game in NXT. Sure enough, Natalia and Sonia Deville put them over as they win and move on to the semifinal round of the Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament. To be honest, I hadn't really seen too much of the NXT girls, um, but they can hold their own. They, I thought they performed well. Yeah, I watch a little bit more NXT than you do, but you know that's that's okay, Big Kev. We're not going to judge you for that. <laughs> but um, Toxic Attraction uh, had been tag team champ or NXT tag team champs for a long time. Good stable with Mandy Rose. Um, they do hold their own, so. I think this is, yeah, their debut. Um, I probably don't see them going back to NXT. I think they're going to move forward with them on SmackDown. So I wouldn't be surprised to see if Mandy Rose uh, loses her title to move up there with them. But uh, definitely um, to have Toxic Attraction on SmackDown and to have Bayley's faction on Raw, I think that's good television um, going forward. Yeah, I think so, too. I think you're right. You can't really have them go back now, um, especially because there's such a lackluster of tag team teams in the WWE right now on the on the main roster of Raw and SmackDown. You know, they're going up against Raquel and Aaliyah next week uh, in the semifinal rounds. And then the opposite side, you have Alexa Bliss and Asuka versus uh, Sky and Dakota Kai. So you got two baby face teams and two hill teams and so it'd be very interesting to see if we could see sky and dakota uh, kai against uh gg and jc so uh you know toxic attraction but those women get the win and that's a big win against natalia and sony deville my boy sammy Zayn gets uh, a backstage segment with the tribal chief roman reigns as the usos are nowhere to be found they're not there at the arena and uh, Sami Zayn gets invited in, and he gets to come take a seat with the Tribal Chief, right oh, next to the Tribal Chief, right next to him. And uh, this was a fun. This was a fun segment. Roman Reigns is looking at Sami Zayn, said, "Hey, you know what? Go get that IC title for us." 
And so Sami Zayn is excited because the tribal chief is, you know, including him and engaging in conversation with him. Sammy just looks like a little five-year-old in the candy store right now. Yeah, it looked very funny, you know, because they were talking because he was like, Jay's always yelling at him. And he's like, Roman's like, yeah, Jay, he's angry all the time. He's like, I know. And he's like, he shouldn't be talking to you. He goes, why don't you just come to me? And Sammy's <laughs> just like you said, just so happy. He's like, I know we should do this more often. And it just shows that, you can put Sami Zayn and you've been praising him for a long time um, that you can just put him in anything and he can make it work. It's like you give him uh, a trash can and a stick and you're going to be entertained. It's just like Sammy is just that good. Yeah, he can he can sell a snorkel to a duck. Uh, he's very entertaining. He can definitely uh, sell you on anything and make it believable. I feel like, but yeah, so Sami Zayn gets in this five-way number one contenders match. You have Happy Corbin, you have Mad Cat Moss, you have Sheamus and Ricochet, and that's going to be taking place a little later on in the night. Uh, Triple H's group from NXT back in the day. Uh, Hit Row comes out. Hit Row. Not the biggest fan of this segment, uh, as we both were, but you know, it does give us a little bit more insight of who Hit Row is. If those that haven't been watching don't know who they were. Uh, of course, they got released uh, several months back, but now they're back. And um, I felt like it's just another way of introducing who they are. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, you know, of course, the fourth member's not there, Swerve, because he's with another uh, promotion. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the rap. I mean, I do like Top Dollar. I think he's going to be a superstar in the ring. But, yeah, the song didn't do it for me. I was just like... Can we have somebody wrestle or can we go to commercial break? I think this was my only uh, disappointment with SmackDown this week was just, uh, yeah, them rapping. So I was just like, it, it didn't do it for me. And when we get back from the break, we get another uh, promo uh, with Karrion Cross, And he's basically calling out Drew McIntyre and, and the powers that be and basically saying that, you know, they got this one wrong. Drew McIntyre should not be there. He's not the guy. Uh, they chose you, and they're just completely wrong about this whole situation. So, uh, Karen Cross sounds like it's going to be one of those where the travel chief gets the victory and retains his title. And now we might see um, Karen Cross and Drew McIntyre as the next feud. So, you don't think that with his, uh, with uh, him saying that, that they're going to, you know, like two weeks away, that they're, they're just going to go with travel chief against Drew McIntyre? Or do you think small chance of triple threat? Yeah, I know you you presented that idea. I think they still go with the one-on-one -on -one Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns uh, for the title. Maybe Karen Cross probably cheats Drew McIntyre out of this uh, win, um, but he's he may he, there's going to be some involvement. I just don't see the triple threat. I feel like you have to give the people of the UK this one-on-one -on -one match. We do know who's going to fight in the Intercontinental Championship match at the Clash of the Castle. And we're going to find out here shortly because it is the five-way Intercontinental number one contenders match. Again, with Happy Corbin, Matt Cat Moss, we have Sheamus, Ricochet, and Sami Zayn, the honorary Oos. And uh, this one was a fun match. Uh, Sami Zayn looked to appear to get this win, but then Sheamus... Comes out of nowhere, he gets the victory, and he's moving on to see Gunther. And this is the match that I've been praising for for several weeks on our podcast that I would like to see um, because it's going to be so believable 
And I really think it's going to build, really build Gunther up even more uh, because he's going against a high-quality opponent. Not to say Shinsuke Nakamura wasn't. Don't get me wrong. But Sheamus, the veteran, he's got the the uh, build. He's he's that uh, brawler, uh, brute, just like uh, Gunther. And I think this match is going to be off the charts come September 3rd. Gunther versus Sheamus, who loves to fight. I mean, yes, I know you were a little disappointed that the honorary Oos didn't win this match, even though it looked like he he was going to about to do it. But you have to go with that because Sheamus is a formal opponent. Like you said, no disrespect to Shinsuke Nakamura. But... (laughs) Um, Sheamus um could uh pretty much um win this match like it, it's believable uh that he could take out Gunther. So yes, I mean especially for this uh live premiere event, uh Clash of the Castle, good booking, uh putting these two against each other because it's they're both gonna have welts on their bodies. I, I can guarantee you that. Like that, I, I think they're gonna be a little stiff with each other in the ring. I don't know. Do you do you give it to Sheamus? Um, he's he is entertaining. He's better when he's a champion. Or do you still go the serial route of Gunther and just um stop pulling his wins against um uh good adversaries? Yeah, I think you have to go with Gunther on this victory, which against uh, Sheamus, because just to keep that steam and that lightning in the bottle with him. Uh, same thing with Bobby Lashley. Uh, he, they're, they're both just white hot right now as champions, and they're so believable. And not to say Sheamus isn't, because like I said, I think he is. But I just think we're not ready to see Gunther getting a, getting an L, especially giving up his title just yet. So we're going to see that match uh, September 3rd at the Clash at the Castle. That's going to be our singles match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. It's going to be Gunther with Ludwig versus Sheamus with Butch and Rich Hollins on his side. Let's just go straight there because as we kind of end this uh, segment for SmackDown, that's what I wanted to talk about next, Fanboy Dave, and that is the premium live event coming up. Any early predictions or are we kind of too early to think about that? What What are your thoughts on Gunther versus Sheamus? Uh, well, my thoughts are we're going to have to pump the brakes again, Big Kev, because you miss, even though that wasn't the main event, you missed the last segment. Oh, what did I miss? Drew McIntyre in the ring, the calling, out, calling out Roman Reigns. I swear, man, you get excited. I love it though. Well, just so, you know, you pick and you pick and choose. I mean, it was a face off. You're right, but yeah. So what was so cool about it? I mean, like you know, he's saying like, I mean, Drew McIntyre basically called out the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns and say, "You are doing a dishonor to the most prestigious uh, world championship in." in sports entertainment, in wrestling, um, that you are not honoring the WWE championship, that basically calling him a part-time guy, not not um, defending all the time and everything. And then lo and behold, uh, Drew's like, "I'm let's not wait. Let's start fighting. And, you know, they go. They start going to blows. Travel Chief Roman is going at it, going at it. Uh, Drew McIntyre gets the upper hand. And just as we've seen in previous weeks, uh, the sacrificial lamb, Sami Zayn, the honorary Oos, saves uh, the Roman Reigns from getting a Claymore and takes it takes for it. him so that Roman Reigns can get the upper hand, which I thought was huge. Uh, 
for Roman Reigns, but not to, but to show that that Sami Zayn is holding his weight in the bloodline, and then for uh, Roman Reigns to get the upper hand um, in that face off. But going back, answer my question. I answer your question. What's my, what's your answer? Do you have Gunther? Do you do you still have him winning the title to retain against Sheamus, or do you you say Sheamus gets a victory? I I might say Sheamus gets the victory, but after all the points that you had said with him being white hot, just like the Almighty Bobby Lashley, it doesn't make sense to uh, take the title off him just yet. If anything. If they build the storyline how they've been doing with Ligwig, that would be the guy to take the title off him if he finally gets enough of the brutality that Gunther gives him with Gunther's expectation of, if you roll with me, you better be a winner. Um, that's where I'd see that, the title coming off if they do it that way. Yeah, and we got four other matches set so far. We have Riddle and we do have Seth freaking Rollins they are going to uh face off as an official match at the clash of the castle uh I, I got I got Seth freaking Rollins actually winning this one what, what do you think about this one so far uh I you got to go with the guy that says hey Randy you got to go riddle because he's been um Seth's little puppet for the last few months and he put him out and I think you could still go the same way you did with uh, Rhodes and Rollins when Cody Rhodes got the first victory. And if Seth does lose to uh, Riddle, he can be like, you you got lucky, you can't beat me again. And then you could go toward another match with them fighting where uh, Seth could get the win. Yeah, true that, true that. Uh, Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler for the Women's WWE SmackDown Championship match. And as painful as this sounds, as much as I want Shayna Baszler to win, I almost are now thinking uh, Liv Morgan is going to get the victory. Uh, Just watch me. Did you hear? Me. Did you hear the rumor about what Shotzi said about Liv Morgan? I have not. She basically put on Twitter now, which is deleted, which people can go look it up, but basically suggesting that Liv was was the person behind getting Ruby Riot fired. Really? And I said, what? They're like friends. Or, I mean, that's what they portrayed. And she was, you know, Liv was crying when her friends got let go. But I was just like, ooh, where's this going? So there might be some real heat between Shotzi and Liv Morgan. I just don't know if they'll portray on TV because, you know, I have talked before and you have talked before that the best television sometimes is when you bring real life into it that those make the best storylines oh yeah no doubt because everyone can relate to that because that could easily be be your friend that might be jealous that you're the champion and now you're taking a shot at her uh i hadn't heard that but i wouldn't put it past it man the drama starts man in the women's division uh with Shotzi and liv morgan getting called yeah, but to go back to picking a winner um i'm going with Liv because i think at the end of the day the fans want Ronda Rousey to beat Liv Morgan. Like, they want that payoff. But you're right. I think you said it best. At the end of the day, you think Ronda Rousey's probably going to pull that title back off of Liv. And so with Liv getting the victory here, she gets to retain it. So that could be achievable still in some someday down the road. 
definitely. Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka versus Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Guy. What do you think about this three-on-three women's tag team match here at Clash at the Castle? The match is going to be a good match. Um, you have six women that are very capable of carrying a match um, a one-on-one. I think it's going to go to the heels because you can't uh, stop the momentum of Bailey's group just yet. I don't know how long this goes because I think at the end of the day, it was supposed to be um, Bianca with Becky and somebody else. So, I mean, I don't know if you've heard how long Becky's going to be out. So it's just one of those things. Um, that, I mean, I do like this matchup, but I think it would have been way better with big time Bex um, involved. But due to injuries, she cannot be. So I still have uh, Becky. Uh, oh, not Becky. I'm sorry. I have uh, Bianca's team going down to Bailey's team. Yeah, I agree with you there for those reasons. And I think big time Bex is probably going to be out for another couple months with that uh, shoulder injury. And then, of course, the main event is Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, the tribal chief. And I've already kind of talked about this, but yeah, I think Drew is going to get the uh, loss uh, against Roman Reigns. I haven't really formulated how. I don't know if it could be a, cl- a clean win. Um, it could get some interference there with Karen Cross, but I do see Roman Reigns getting this victory. Do we see Sami Zayn getting some type of revenge on Drew McIntyre in this match? Uh, because we didn't get to see him at SummerSlam, so hopefully we might see him here. I don't know, again, how that's going to play out, but I do know and I do feel that Roman Reigns is going to get the victory over Drew McIntyre. Yeah, same. Roman Reigns still your universal champion, the tribal chief, the bloodline, still the hottest act in all of professional wrestling. He gets the dub. Hey, I'm going to do this just for fun. If Drew McIntyre was not a, a UK wwe superstar that was going up against roman reigns figure out who would you like to be in the main event and again these are uk superstars of the past here's (laughs) the three would you put wade barrett in for drew mcintyre would you put fit finley in for drew mcintyre or would you put davy boy smith the british bulldog in for drew mcintyre to go against roman reigns Well, there's no question. I mean, we're talking about if you're going back in the time, Wembley Stadium, Brett the Hitman Hart against the British Bulldog. Uh, Because I got Fit Finley. I mean, he he was a great wrestler, but uh, the Tribal Chief, too strong for him. Too strong for him. Wade Barrett, he was good. But the Nexus, I mean, I think that's what Wade made Wade Barrett – believable because he had that big group because even when he was in the core i mean that group wasn't that good so um you have to go with the british bulldog i mean he's got power he's got strength good build good size he's not going to be afraid of the tribal chief roman reigns so i would think you would have to go with the british bulldog versus roman reigns for the universal uh undisputed championship yeah that would be fine especially in his home country there davy boy smith uh, again, getting that victory back in 92 at Wimberley Stadium against uh, the Brett. His brother-in-law. His brother-in-law match. That was a great match. Um, a couple notables that I thought of was Dynamite Kid, uh, Paul Burchill. Uh, but I think for all those reasons, like you said, I think Davey Boy Smith would probably stick out just with the success and the size of him. He would uh, definitely be a good one to pick. Hey, we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to discuss DX. Are you ready? 
All right, we are back on Brothers of Discussion and Fanboy Dave and myself. We got the chance to take a look at the WWE biography series on the A&E channel with D-Generation X. This, of course, is one of our favorite factions, if not the favorite faction of both of us, with Triple H, Shawn Michaels, the New Age Outlaws, X-Pac. And this was a fun uh, documentary. And the ninth wonder of the world. The ninth wonder of the world. How can I forget China? Uh, what did you get out of this? How did you like it? How did you feel? Did you enjoy it? Was it just like, eh? What do you think well, of this? For the first part when I saw it, because um, I was watching it with my dad, um, I wanted to give him the DX uh, chop. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I it was it, it was probably one of the best documentaries wrestling or WWE that I've seen because, you know, Big Kev, you know, we grew up during the uh, Attitude Era and when they put in perspective that DX only ran for like two years, two and a half years, and it seemed like DX ran for a long time uh, because, you know, you had the first uh, uh, faction of DX with the man, Mr. WrestleMania, um, everybody's um, number one wrestler in the world that you want to perform to, uh, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels, and then you have Triple H, China, and Rick Rude. Like that was the first installment of Degeneration X, and to go into the storyline, you know, pretty much anybody that's not uh just a common fan knows about the curtain call, about how. You know, wrestling was going in a different uh, way and um, WWE was sticking to the cartoon gimmicks and you had this new company in WCW uh, coming out and they were doing the more reality stuff. And, you know, Kevin Ash, Scott Hall leaving after the current call, Shawn Michaels, your champ and Triple Eight, um, you know, is the other man out. So you can't you can't discipline you know, National Hall, they're gone. Can't discipline your champion. So Triple H gets, you know, in the doghouse for a while, you know, and to Triple H could have been like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then after my contract's done, I'm out or whatever. But he stuck to it. He took his, he, he took his medicine and, you know, or he took the crap and ate it. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Woo. Sorry about that. And, you know, going on to, after uh, WrestleMania 14, where Shawn Michaels gets hurt previously at the Royal Rumble, when he's fighting the Undertaker in a cast match, hurts his back. Um, and then making the new D-Generation X with, you know, Road Dog, Jesse James, Billy Gunn, um, and X-Pac. And, you know, thinking that it didn't hit or it didn't miss because you were trying to replace a Shawn Michaels. And could Triple H uh, carry the faction, you know, with Shawn Michaels out? I mean... And to see that, you know, the thing you said about China's mom, she hadn't talked to her in 27 years. Um, and not a lot of people understand that China, the ninth wonder of the world, she broke the barrier for everything. I, I think she is the only women intercontinental champion ever in WWE history. And how Triple H I talked about that um, you see movies nowadays and some of that you have to give props to china because you see all these superheroes black widow these women of power and i think a lot of that doesn't happen without what china did for the business of professional wrestling and for women in general 
No doubt. I think she should be a standalone WWE Hall of Famer. I know some wrestlers are critical, especially Chris Jericho specifically, that comes to mind. I like Chris. Um, I do respect his opinions. Um, he didn't really have so much nice things to say as China as a professional wrestler was kind of hard to work with, but um, I think she should still go in the WWE Hall of Fame as a standalone, not just with DX for those reasons. Like you just said, I, I think a lot of that does not happen without her. Let me, let me ask you this uh, as we asked about the UK pay-per-view and who could be a special mystery opponent. Who's one person that sticks out that, that you think that could have been a DX member well, I think I think the thing that's special about DX, which why I hold it above the NWO, that um, the problem with the NWO is just once it got white hot, I mean everybody got to join. You had Ted DiBiase, you had Virgil, you had Norris, and I think that's what makes DX so special is that um, you didn't have all these people joining DX. I mean, yeah, you kind of had like when X Pac was tagging with Kane. But I just think the way it, the way it was was perfect. But if I had to name somebody else that could have been in Degeneration Act that was like a degenerate that didn't give any about the rules, I guess you could say Stone Cold, but he was his own thing. So I just don't really know who I would put in Degeneration X because I think the members that were in it, uh, were the right members, like no adding anybody else. So it's just hard for me to pick somebody. But if I had picked somebody from today's, if they could get away with it now on TV, maybe, maybe Theory, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Austin I think, Theory. I think you're right. I mean, we know the NWO got so big and it was kind of like who wasn't in, you know, it, it was just easier to say who is not a member. Right, you because know. they had they had NWO, white and black, then you had the NWO, Red and black, and then you had the the Latino World Order. I mean, it was all over the place. Could you imagine? You know, Christian and Edge had fun back in the day, but do you think they're a little bit too PG funny not to be in yet? Could you imagine those two guys in there? Just a thought. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. You're right. I think you're right. Uh, I think they really got that faction down as far as the personnel it it's really hard to me honest i i, I kind of tricked you there because i knew it was going to be hard for you to to come up with a name because i really couldn't come up with a name of who would be fun and, and in there i could see maybe you know an xavier woods because he's kind of crazy and they're kind of fun um but that's just someone that i came up top of my head literally as i'm talking to you because it's so hard to come up with the chemistry of who could be with that group. But yeah, D DX was definitely one of the kind and they would definitely go down in history as the best faction along with NWO. Uh, I will say that speaking of NWO and WCW, uh, Eric Bischoff was on there. And do you think Eric Bischoff would have truly opened up that garage door when they invaded not WCW Nitro that night? Do you think oh, he really would? Or is he, is he just kind of, you know, just saying what, People want to hear. No, that was funny. He just said, <laughs> piss me off. <laughs> no, I really do think he would open the door because, um, you know, because um, it could have buy backfired on us for sure, you know, because uh, everybody would have switched over. I mean, don't don't even lie. We would have switched over because we were like, DX, whoop them. They would have <laughs> helped, helped uh, Turner and Monday Nitro for that. I mean, and then we saw in the documentary was the last week, they talked a little bit about that where Triple H said, that's how I knew we were going to win. 
Well, he's like, well, if they come over here, Vince was like, well, let them in. Because, you know, yeah, everybody would have, would have turned to that. But um, all about the ratings. I think uh, with that said, I think that's what with Mick Foley also winning the, the title against the Rock. Yes, that helped. But I think when fans saw that, because I remember that episode, I was like, oh, crap, they're going to go to WCW. Like, we're going to show you like dicks. And basically what I think that showed every eyeball watching or even people that were talking about back then, because I guess social media is not as huge as it uh, was back then like it is now. Like You get everything like that in a second. But that just basically showed we punked you out. Like we went to your door and you got scared and you locked the door and then let us in. And that would, would, would make like, Hey, WWE is superior because it's like, you know, Mike Tyson used to say, everybody got to plan until someone gets punched in the face. And that's what WWE and Degeneration X did. So before we move on, what was your favorite DX faction? Was it the original cast with Rick Rude and China, Shawn Michaels and Triple H? Was it the Road Dog and badass Billy Gunn with the New Age Outlaws with X-Pac uh, and Triple H? Or is it going to be the standalone Triple H and HBK that we saw most recently? I, mean, I, I have to say I like the first one better just because I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan. But um, um, I mean, the second faction of DX was fun too. Just because I guess that's you got a lot more of the the merchandise and stuff like that. Um, I I just I just think the first faction was better just because I mean I know when I was growing up my parents used to get mad oh you got to change the DXs on and and it was just more vulgar and everything and they didn't want us to watch that you know yeah um, DX with Triple H on it it was still like that but it wasn't as raw and raunchy as when it was just Shawn Michaels Triple H and China and, and Ravishing Rick Rude. So I'm going to like the original first, but the second one was great too. But Yeah, sure. I agree. I had to go with that first original group. Uh, I wasn't huge fans of the New Age Outlaws. Um, I thought X-Pac was a great addition. He brought new life. He had a lot of energy. Uh, I did like that character above the New Age Outlaws, but uh, I agree. I completely like that first uh, go round. I just remember back in junior high, I was wearing the DX shirts. I can't believe I got away with wearing the two-word suck it shirt. Uh, of course, everyone was wearing that, right? And everyone was wearing the Stone Cold uh, Skull shirts and Austin 316. And, um, yeah, and you tell people to suck it and you get in trouble. But yeah. the thing that was so great about the second <laughs> the second uh, version of DX was because it was more fan engaging because, come on, you know you said it and I said it. When you heard those notes, you go, oh, you didn't know? Oh, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, and, oh. and I still say that here and there every once in a while. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, uh, and then yeah, so I mean, it's just a fan uh involvement. You're saying that you're you know, you you're about better call somebody, or whenever they introduce them as a tag team champions in the world, you know. And whenever the first faction they were just like, We have two words for you, and they would just say it. But then with the uh, version two of it, I mean, everybody said it together, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was fun, no doubt. Hey, what should be fun, uh, is going to be this Monday Night Raw, Edge's hometown. Damian Priest versus Edge. What are you looking forward to this week? Is that something you're looking forward to specifically? We kind of touched on earlier. Uh, are you looking forward to Friday Night SmackDown to see what happens as we keep ramping up the McIntyre Roman Reigns segment? Uh, is there anything that that you're looking forward to this upcoming week? 
uh, as we close out the show. Uh, yes, the, the Damian Priest Edge, I'm pretty sure is going to be the main event for uh, the evening. Um, you know, rumors speculate, even you said, um, you know, he needs help. Does Beth Phoenix come out? Does she come back to be next to her husband to take out Rhea Ripley? Um, uh, should be a good match. Um, of course, uh, one of the greatest uh, women wrestlers, women's champions of all time, Trish Stratus. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm really looking forward to her, seeing her on TV. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to see if they, uh, do they defend the United States title in in Canada where uh, AJ Styles goes? But I mean, I think this whole Monday Night Raw is pretty much going to revolve around the Judgment Day and Edge. Do we get a, do we get someone to come help them? Is it The Fiend? Uh, is it somebody else? Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, it's just going to be, it's just, gonna, it has to be big, uh, hometown edge. It just has to be huge. Um, I hope I'm not disappointed, but I'm expecting a huge Monday night raw tomorrow. Yeah, we kind and you touched on the subject just now. We just clearly, uh, just kind of slipped my mind, but yeah, Trish Stratus is coming back. She's supposed to get physical in the ring once again. Uh, but yeah, Trish Stratus is back. And I think this could be the swerve of thinking, oh, Trish is back, and then here comes Beth Phoenix. So we could get that. And we got to figure out what's going on with Gunther and, and Sheamus. And there's a lot going in. We still got Riddle and Seth freaking Rollins and how that develops. And we got Theory, who's on a roll. Bobby Lashley is on a roll. After this, we're just two weeks away from the premium live event over in the UK, Clash at the Castle. Um so we're hopefully going to get some closure on some of these storylines as we move in to the big event. Yeah, definitely. Um, ready for the week. And then maybe in episode 10 is next week, right? Is that yeah. correct? That would be, yeah, this, this is a nine next week will be 10. So. so we, we may have a little surprise. Can we talk about maybe some kind of merch? For brothers of discussion, I don't know. We'll have to tune in next week to find out about that. That's for sure. Well, this wraps things up. We appreciate you listening and tuning in. This is the Brothers of Discussion with Big Kev and Fanboy Dave. See ya. See ya.